Welcome to another episode of the Leadership Connection, where industry expert Doug Plucknett interviews global leaders from the maintenance and reliability industry. Each week, new leaders will join us with insights and tips to help you grow in your career, and they'll share a good story or two while they're at it as well. The Leadership Connection is produced by the industry's leading networking and learning community, Mobius Connect. Doug, over to you. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever time of day it might be that you're tuning into this podcast. Today, I have with me Shami Ridma, uh, who is a distinguished reliability leader. And uh, good morning. How are you doing today? Uh, very good morning, uh, Doug and uh, Kim. Uh, thank you so much for having me. And uh, it's been a lovely day. I'm doing good. I'm really good. Yeah. Hope you guys the same. And where are you coming from today? I'm from the sunny, lovely island of Sri Lanka, uh, which ah. is called, called the uh, Pearl of the Indian Ocean. Yeah. And uh, yeah, yeah, I'm working from Sri Lanka. And uh, I actually, although I'm, I'm based in Sri Lanka, I do a lot of uh, cross-border collaborations on the subject. And uh, right now, currently, I'm in conversation with many uh, uh, fellow professionals around the world. We are running this uh, WhatsApp group for thermography. And we do a lot of um, do a lot of discussions. Although I'm from an island, I, I it's safe to say that we collaborate so much with each other, respect to other bodies. Very good. So, Shami, if you could tell our listeners a bit about your career, your background, where you went to school, places you've worked, some project you've worked on, uh, give us a, a, an introduction of of who my friend is. All right. Um, let me start by saying that um, I was born on uh, 1987, January, and uh, I did my schooling in uh, two uh, colleges and schools in Colombo, which is the capital in Sri Lanka. And uh, after my studies, and I was, uh, I was uh, admitted to the uh, University of Moratua, where I started my high studies. This was in 2011, and I. Uh, I'm sorry, that was in 2006. I started my college education and I was specialized in the electrical engineering um, sector and uh, the course was uh, four years from there. And uh, after I graduated as a Bachelor of Honors in Electrical Engineering, I took on the course, the Masters of Electrical Engineering, which I was very interested in. And I was exposed to so many uh, core subjects like transmission, distribution, and generation of electricity. And uh, I also applied for my charter uh, charter engineering um, qualification subsequently with the uh, Institution of Engineers uh, in Sri Lanka, which I came out pretty qualified in 2015. And I also got my master's on, on the same, uh, same uh, year around and uh, uh, when I was graduated as, as a bachelor I was uh, my first employer was the Ceylon Electricity Board which is the uh, monopolistic uh, utility for generation transmission and distribution of electricity in Sri Lanka so that's that's uh, that, that's my first employer. I'm actually employed uh, with the Ceylon Electricity Board to date and my career there is now I'm spending my 10th year uh, with them and I got started in the the very first coal power station in Sri Lanka as the uh, coal handling 
uh, engineer for electrical and instrumentation, and I was I was the uh, I was responsible for maintaining the coal moving machinery and the uh, handling systems and the instrumentation and high voltage stuff and medium voltage and also the port equipment where we used to unload and handle the uh, incoming call shipments and the driver some uh, cranes unloading cranes and some uh, conveyors we are talking about 1500 tons per hour kind of handling capacity and um, so I, I almost spent uh, around seven years in the plant as the coal handling engineer. And uh, afterwards, I, was, I, was, I, I, I applied for a transfer at the commercial side where I, right now uh, I am uh, handling some commercial matters, uh, kind of uh, letter of credits and uh, overseas transactions for spare parts, the, the supply chain-based uh, uh, section in my employer. So I'm, I'm responsible for importation of spare parts and um, and contract management and uh, uh, handling the letter of credits, guarantees, and uh, contracts. So in in parallel, I I am very much actually the if I, if I talk about my reliability and uh, especially the thermography exposure I had, this was also in when I was working in the coal power plant. Uh, which I uh, got my first hands-on experience in 2010, which I was really inspired from. And uh, right from there, and I have been playing with the these images, and I have seen many type of many many uh, models of them. And I have been doing some hands-on experience, and I actually got myself certified and trained from the good people at Snell Group in the USA, where I got my level one. Uh, certification and training and my level two and the level three is from the infrastructure and uh, big shout out to uh my man jim Seffrin and uh, uh jim uh, james Seffrin and jim fritz uh they are really good people All and right. best yeah. in the business i'm really i'm really honored to get the uh, train and certified and, and my man roy huff and carrie we win and uh yeah uh that's about it and and they really really opened me up uh, when it comes to the tomography, and that really helped me shape my world of view about the reliability and the tomography, and how other condition-based monitoring technologies play a vital role. Not only tomography, uh, how the other technologies are really complementary to each other when it comes to condition monitoring. So as of now, I'm really into various discussions with these professionals. Whenever I see something in the LinkedIn. I, I follow a lot of professional reliability leaders on, online, and I have almost quit my Facebook um, certain <laughs> time, and I am now a, a fully LinkedIn junkie, and I follow a lot of a uh, lot of professionals like you, and that's exactly how I came across your uh, your your podcast, which is really nice. Thank you so much for having me. That's about it. That's about myself. Yeah. Well, thank you for being here. And uh, I really enjoy um, speaking with people that are have been there and done that, the, the hands-on stuff. And uh, that's really what uh, opens people's eyes is, is when you get out there and you're able to show people that the difference you can make with those tools, the on-condition tools, vibration analysis, thermography, ultrasound. And uh, I can also tell you in my long career, at the very beginning when I was an apprentice, 
my first rotation was to a coal power plant. So I, I know uh, a bit about that coal handling equipment. Uh, and I was a hands-on guy coming out and, uh, you know, taking that very long shower at the end of the day to get cleaned up and get that dust oh, off. Oh, yeah. Right. Uh, oh, all yeah. the PPE required, you know, of the face so that you're not breathing all that stuff in and then and, and, uh, working in a hot environment, uh, it becomes a real challenge. And it's one of those things where you're very tempted to kind of uh, rush repair things because of the, the environment that you're working in. And, and you have to learn to say, okay, we need to slow down. We need to do this right, right? We have multiple boilers here. So it's not like, uh, you know, uh, we don't have other options in, in terms of supplying power. So let's make sure we do this right. And uh, as a young apprentice, early 20 years old, of course, you're doing all the bulwark too. You know, you had the older journeyman there and they're, they're saying, okay, you get that slug wrench out and get on that thing and get that apart for us. And, <laughs> and then when you get it apart, yeah. take it down to the shop and get it out of the wire weir and clean that thing up, right? Uh, so, uh, yeah, and this was, uh, you know, back well before a lot of these technologies existed. So I, I could tell you, I wish we had those back then. That would have been a lot, made life a lot, a lot easier understanding what was going on sometimes, right? Uh, do we have a power problem? Is the bearing problem, right? What's going on? Yeah. So, uh, I I hear you. I mean, uh, we my generation and many generations before me, they were really lucky, and um, probably the after generations, they are the luckiest bunch of all, uh, as far as our lives uh, uh, lifetimes are concerned. And uh, you guys, uh, I I actually went through your uh, profile, which is uh nothing short of legendary i would say and lou you have quite a lot of experience under your belt so i i i understand when you say that you guys had a really really hands-on experience and and i i i wish i can have some more of that and i really look forward to that because that's uh, that was really life changing to me because once you once you get on on that overhaul and the hat and the all the and and the covid also have played a major role i mean if, if I, I was worked at a plant with the PPEs and now we have the COVID and we have additional PPE stresses on us and life would uh, very much uh, uh, be hard, right? And and I also, I, I have a funny story to tell you about this uh, PPE. Now it's all coming back to me. Uh, uh, one day I was, uh, I was my, my colleague was able to follow me uh, based on my footsteps because I, I always try to, you know, go to the call yard and I also get, all the time I, I get dirty, my, my overhauls and my, especially my footwear, uh, we used to, you know, walk on the call yard, we get these call chunks inside our footwear, right? So when, when I got onto the uh, administrative floor, when, when I walk around, uh, you, people can follow my, my uh, sludge <laughs> pieces and find them. They can find me wherever I am, right? So they would know when they're in the city, sludge pieces on the floor of the engineering office. So they, they know it's me. So they know I, I, I got to be somewhere around here, right? So that's, that's uh, really funny. And that's, that's really coming back to me. And, and, I, and I know exactly what you mean about that. Doc. Yeah, yeah. I can relate. Well, we, I can say we had uh, in our cafeteria, there was three or four separate tables that were labeled for coal handlers. 
Right. Because <laughs> you get the chairs dirty. You know, as much as you wash up and clean up to eat lunch, you still sit down, your pants are dirty, your shirt's dirty, right? So you get the oh, chair yeah. dirty. And uh, they they wanted to make sure that we kept that to a, a small part of the large cafeteria. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> and uh, the other issue, I, I can remember coming home and, and my wife would say, okay, we need to work on your ears. You, you know, you get stuff in there too. <laughs> oh yeah. So and the, and uh, the nose is too, nostrils too, uh, pretty much. Oh, yeah. 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 As much as you wear the PPE, you still get some corners of your eyes. It is. It's, That's it's right. Well, um, so looking at your career, and you've already mentioned a couple names. Um, who would you say were your your mentors at this point? And you're still a young guy. I mean, you got a ways to go yet. So, uh, but obviously, starting out, it does help to to uh, speak with and, and and learn from others so who are some of those people that you've you've worked with and learned from yeah um when it comes to condition monitoring uh, scenario i've been following a lot of um, legends in the uh uh the field uh in the, in the linkedin arena i used to react a lot with these uh, guys from australia uh, right mm -hmm. now, it's uh, his name is Eric Thorup. He's uh, he's also a level three yep, thermographer. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. He he's he's really good. I mean, I mean, he's he's really good. He's he's really into the thermography, and his attention to detail just inspires me. And when it comes to thermography, the attention to detail is the key, right? Because you have a lot of images, and when you go through a lot of uh, surveying you will end up with around 1,000 plus images on your image, right? So uh, each image signifies something really, truly unique. And there are tiny amounts of detail that you can miss very easily and could be overlooked. But Eric always teaches me how to how not to miss this, that tiny detail on the frame, right? So you have this major loose connection on the, on, on the middle of the frame, but on the on, on the same panel, you have this tiny, teeny control connection uh, running even maybe hotter. But it's a very tiny dot. But he has taught me how to how to how not to how not to overlook those anomalies. And he always talks about these principles underlying. Like uh, I'm talking about these uh, reflective temperatures, which is very frequently overlooked by thermographers, and how to. Uh, estimating the emissivity and the significance of the the parameters and importance of recording the actual site particulars, right? And right. Eric is number one on my list, and and other people like Kerry, I'm my man. Um, he's he's really cool, and he he recently he has been posting run cool stuff, and he was one of my instructors in the uh, level one course at Snell. And um, he's also really he's a, he's a really good inspiration, by the way. And he's also level one uh, uh, ultrasound uh, um, certified, and 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 he inspired me to get the. And uh, now that I have reached the third, the, the topmost tier at the thermography, he has inspired me to go for the um, ultrasound uh, arena. So I would I'm really really looking forward to that course with. A good people at UE Systems or SDT or someone else, yeah. and I hope uh, that that's really uh, expanding my horizon, right? So these people and Kerry and especially uh, Jim Fritz, he's really active in the LinkedIn arena, and he's the owner and the founder of the Snell 
in the Snell group, and uh, he's actively commenting and always uh, complimenting and providing feedback on the majors of his students and who is also not his students. And he's uh, he just met these people on LinkedIn, but still, uh, his feedbacks on these the images it's 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 very frequently seen. And that inspires me a lot. So I more and more, I, I get onto LinkedIn, I more and more I see these reactions and comments and the, what the fellow tomographers have to say, different perspectives and knowledge. I, it's really inspiring. Those are some of the people and also uh, my in my with my employee in Sri Lanka, my chief engineer, Mr. <clears throat> his name is Sepal Karnasena. He's also a veteran in this Field and he always inspires me to do something different. And uh, so this, this thermography uh, scenario is, is completely different uh, of what I do in my office space. So in the office, I'm talking about talking to bankers, handling documentation, supply chain analytics, and uh, shipping companies, and cargo clearances, etc. So when I'm not in the office, he inspires me to do these things as a uh, which will help my mind to get uh, a whole new perspective out there right so sure. i'm the not confined yeah mro side of the business is a very important inside of the business when it comes to reliability right having the correct spares in place is important even more important than that is getting reliable suppliers right reliable devices and components and instruments but suppliers that can get them to you um especially um, in an island country, sometimes that's a challenge, right? I remember doing some work with mining companies over in Indonesia, and they're talking about, you know, their minimum wait time was, was like 30 days, right? It took that long to get parts because it had to come into mainland first and then be shipped over. So uh, MRO is a huge part of the business. I mean, we have people in the United States where there's suppliers all over the place that still struggle. Right, because they haven't taken the time to organize their MRO, make it align with their uh, equipment hierarchy, right, and and take the time to work with engineering to say, look, when we buy motors, we want at least no more than three brands, right? When we buy pumps, the same thing, so that we don't have this multitude of different brands out there that we now have to try to carry or, or obtain parts for. So um, it's, a, it's, I'm sure, a big change for you to go from working in the, uh, the coal handling side of the business to going to MRO. Uh, what was that like initially? Well, uh, yeah, I was uh, actually, it was, it was kind of a moment of truth for me because when I was the uh, coal handling engineer, I used to blame these guys for not even the parts on time <laughs> and always giving excuses. So. Well, what do you know? It, oh, next thing you know, it hits you back with the absolute same job. Now it's your turn to have the bite the dust, right? So once I once I sit down there and I, I I try to comprehend how do I um because a lot of uncertainties you have to deal with these supply chains, right? You have to deal with the supplies and you don't know what's going on their end, right? So we rely on their orders and their commitment, but especially on times like this and the where the shipping costs are skyrocketing and the supply chains are very unreliable and the countries and our major suppliers like china was uh, struggling for a long time 
from the COVID, and now the India is suffering, right? So oh, they yeah. are they supplies they struggle a lot. So we are right now we are facing a lot of um, challenges in this arena alone, and the the uh, the lead times and the deliveries are really uncertain, right? So what we have done is um, actually. Uh, we have uh, diversified our supply chain uh, when it comes to uh, our supply chain, the suppliers and the supply points. Now we have diversified away from the Indian and the Chinese market to the Europe and some of the um, countries like uh, UK and uh, um, Sweden uh, and uh, Netherlands, etc., and also to the US. And we have recently found a really good, reliable, and uh, agile supply chain and, and uh, supply points in US, uh, people like Trillium Flow and Cranwell Services, to mention a few. And uh, they're really good and really, they're really reliable and really good US brand, right? So they are really flexible and uh, really, uh, um, uh, I would say, buyer friendly. And we, we get really good deals from them. And uh, when it comes to uh, payment terms, and we are really flexible and considerate of their uh, bias. So that's a that's really good thing. And, and for me, it was a really huge change uh, when uh, coming out of the maintenance rooms and uh, into the office to deal with the compliance and the international banking practices and documentation and shipping. It was really life changing for me. So so. It was a very good challenge for me. I think I, I I'm doing a really good job, and we have uh, used the uh, and we have uh, the number one target we have today is we're becoming very technological, right? We need to make use of the technology, and the number one priority right now, given the number of the amount of volume we handle the shipments that I'm talking about, um, around 800 shipments uh, per year uh, from destinations across the globe. And I'm, I'm talking about uh, full container loads, and we have uh, major overhauls each year in the coal power plant. I was working before, and I am, I am now responsible for supplying all the spare parts for that particular power plant I, I was working. And we, we handle a lot of uh, supply and uh, spare parts uh, on reliability basis for the plant. So like you said, being an island nation, it's really, really challenging because especially when it comes to times like this and the un unexpected uh, lockdowns and frequent clearance uncertainties and the customs and the increasing compliance requirements and demands around the world. Even for our, our, one of our suppliers was struggling with their export clearances because the, the customs and compliance is really, it used to be really friendly. Now it around the world in general, it becomes really, really stringent. Right. Um, so everybody, everybody's struggling. Everybody's struggling. That's for sure. Um, but but it's all good because the way I see it, these stringent measures we will change our mindset and will make us ticking and will keep our brain ticking. Right. So we would always try to find something, something better and process improvements, which is which is a really good point when it comes to long run. And the sustainability of these systems. Uh, once we, uh, the more we think, the more we brainstorm, which within our teams, we would find really agile answers that would withstand 
any conditions worldwide, right? So yeah. that I see a really good um, uh, um, outcome all of, from coming out all of this, right? The, even the COVID have taught us very good lessons. Oh, and I absolutely. think it's a really... If you look at your life three to five years from now, what you just went through in the last year or two is going to be life-changing, right? And very rewarding, right? What you've learned from this exercise will protect your company years down the road, right? Because you'll be prepared for an event like this again. Whereas before we were all like, oh no, what do we do, right? Now all of a sudden you say, all right, here's the things we need to make sure we have in place. So if something like this happens again, we're prepared. Right, uh, it, it makes a huge difference. So I'm going to kind of switch things up here, and because we're we're getting pretty close on our time, I want to ask a question about. Now you've mentioned some people. What are some books or courses that you've taken that have made a difference in your career that you'd like to maybe introduce uh, our listeners to? Oh yeah, I mean, uh, number one, if you talk about the books about this subject. The number one recommendation I have is the the book by the Dr. Rob Manning, who is also a legend in this field, right? So he has written this book and published. Uh, the name of the book is the Growing Map with Infrared Thermography, um, okay. and he has he has he has very nicely put it out there uh, in his forty years plus um, exposure and the experience on the various um, various uh, subsectors in this thermography. He used to be a instructor, he used to be a course coordinator, and he used to be a uh, um, teacher and, and a salesperson for thermography cameras. And I'm talking about 60s and 70s, right? And he mm -hmm. has his PhD in this, this technology, and, and he, has, he has really cool stories to share with the so I have been talking about this book in my LinkedIn as well, because this is it was really inspiring for me to uh, read it. And he has given quite a lot of stories and actual life experiences. He, he has to uh, go through as a salesperson, as a instructor, and as a level two thermography expert. So I would my number one pick and number one recommendation would be that. And in addition to that, the ACNT, the American Society of Non-Destructive Testing, has put out some really good uh, publications, especially the Level 3 Study Guides uh, and the um, SNDTC1A um, have really good information and a must-read for all thermographers irrespective of the uh, area we work on, right? So if you want to um, uh, get to the bottom of this, those are the three top um, reading uh, materials I would very much recommend. Yeah. All right. So closing out, last question here. Uh, at this point in your career, what would you say is your greatest success, if you could share that with your listeners? Um, my greatest success, uh, I think it's it's too early to talk about success for me, but as, <laughs> as if, we, if we talk about now at this point, my greatest success would be to expose myself to these uh, legendary influencers and mentors uh, in the field of thermography and get their um, honest feedback on my work, right? Yeah. That was the real success I would consider that, uh, that I would uh, have on myself. So that 
is successful to me when when somebody points out some mistake when eric says look here you have done this thing and this comment you have made is incorrect which is why this and this and this and that that is success for me i mean i'm successful so that other people is able to point out my mistakes which would make me a better professional on this uh, arena because i'm still really young i have i have a 10 plus experience uh, under my belt uh, right now and i have really long way to go and much 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 things to learn and if the success for me right now is that i have such a bunch of great people who inspires me who pushes me and who criticizes for me uh, with the positive mindset they have that that's success for me as seen of now all right yeah and that's that's a great outlook i could tell you that uh, the people that you're communicating are, are top notch and that's one of the grand things about LinkedIn is there are some great people on there that are very open and very willing to share their experiences. I could tell you, being from the mechanical side of the business, when I have questions on electrical, I could tell you there's a few people on there that I go right to. You know, Howard Penrose being one. Howard shares very freely, especially when it comes to motors and high voltage and, and stuff like that. Uh, so when I have questions, I have those same people that I go to. And that's the best part about it is the, the people like that, they understand it's a huge world, you know, sharing and helping others uh, is it comes back tenfold to you, right? It really does. Absolutely. Because, uh, uh, very soon down the road, people will start asking Tommy those same questions, right? And I'm sure it's probably already started that you do have people that say, hey, have you seen this before? Here's a picture that I've got for you. What's going on here, right? That's uh, absolutely a huge difference. Well, I have to tell you, it's been a fantastic talking to you. Um, I'm going through my mind saying, I, I believe I've been to Sri Lanka. I've been a lot of places in the world. Because <laughs> uh, <laughs> I know I did a, 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 a tour. It seemed like one year it was uh, Australia, New Zealand, Indonesia, uh, Singapore, uh, Kuala Lumpur, and I'm thinking that Sri Lanka was in there, but in my mind, I can't go. Who did I go there for? Right. <laughs> all right, all right. Well, we'll we'll make we'll make a plan to meet someday in Sri Lanka. You should really come there again, Kim. You should. You guys should really come. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, have a great day. It's been fantastic talking to you. This is Doug Plucknut with the Leadership Connection. Have a great day, my friends. Bye bye. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Leadership Connection. We will see you back for another episode next week. In between, we hope to see you in the Mobius Connect community where you can meet Doug and share with other industry professionals at MobiusConnect.com. We'll see you there.